How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, come on. Well, we have a very, very special treat this morning. We have the opportunity of getting to interview our very own pastors, Pastor Kirk and Suzette. Let's give it up. Now, this is going to be a special day. We're going to get to peek behind the curtain a little bit at how to survive three-plus decades of marriage, of loving through times in ministry that can be difficult, difficult seasons of life with your family. It's going to be a very special treat. And speaking of special things, I think this Wednesday you guys are celebrating something very special, right? I think they are celebrating 37 years of marriage. Come on. Pastor Suzette said if they could survive this week of preparing for this interview, they could survive anything. I think we might have a picture of them on their wedding day. Let's see. Oh, come on. Very nice. Very nice. Pastor Suzette, how did you, you know, withhold uh, the temptation from that mustache for so long? <laughs> I married him. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, um, in all seriousness, you know, I've been married for three years, so obviously I know everything there is to know about marriage already. But I figured I would still ask our pastors some great questions. And I don't think we should take for granted how important and special it is to have their legacy of ministry, of marriage in our house. Because that is not the norm. It seems like it's the norm for us because we're used to it because we, we get to have them as pastors. But the national average for divorce is 50%. It's 50%. The average amongst pastors for divorce is 25%. So one out of every four pastors out there this morning have had struggles in their marriages as well. Now, um, the Schaefer Institute did a study where they polled 1,500 pastors. And 77% of those said they were unhappy in their marriage. And 70% of those said they were so frustrated with ministry they often wanted to quit. So that means that the average for a local church pastor is only six years of ministry. So I think this morning, having a couple sitting up here that have been married for 37 years, who have had 30 plus years of ministry, I think it's important for us to lean in. Let's listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to get started, and we're going to talk about some pain points, some pain points that happen in marriages, some pain points that happen in families. And some pain points that can happen in ministry. Now, if you're not married this morning, then you're extra lucky. You better be taking notes because you can solve a whole lot of problems before they even get started. So let's talk about this morning. Let's go first to commitment. So you guys moved up here all those years ago with a dream in your heart. And how, what are some decisions you made early on in your marriage that have helped you stay committed to one another? Sure. Uh, well, first, let me just say that, um, you know, this is part of a series uh, called Love Like You Never Been Hurt. And so the realization for, for us is that uh, as we are talking about marriage and uh, the blessing of the Lord on our marriage, we're also fully aware that there's a lot of people in this room who uh, have had struggles in their marriage, who may have encountered divorce and uh, may have encountered brokenness in their home, and just want you just want to say up front, God is a God who heals our hearts. 
there's no there's nothing you we've ever done that could be bigger than the capacity of God to bring healing into our world. So you know, I'll, amen. Yeah. So 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 all through this, as we talk about the things that uh, that we've leaned into that have helped us and and try to be as transparent as we can be. Uh, we, I just want you to know that we're fully aware that there's a, just a gamut of, of you know, experiences in every person in this room and then in next service. So, you know, when I think about uh, this Thursday, Wednesday, is our 37th wedding anniversary in October 17th. I know the day. I don't know what day is Wednesday, but uh, or what day the 17th is. But, uh, but 37 years to live with somebody day in and day out, that's a miracle. Come on, somebody. That is a freaking miracle. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, when I think about it and that we've, we've lived through it and, and that we haven't just had uh, kind of a survival thing, but we've really leaned in to try to make our marriage uh, happy and loving and thriving, and uh, and it takes a lot of effort uh, to do that, to make that happen. So I, I would say one of the big ideas that has helped us through 37 years of successful, happy marriage is the fact that you have to commit yourself to have two cars Pretty much all together because most men and women operate on different time schedules. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So it can it can be it can definitely be a peace point for your home. Uh, I will say that uh, I think one of the things that's been super helpful for us is that we committed uh, to the idea that once we got married, uh, we were going to make it work no matter what. And so we really even went so far as to say we would never use the word divorce joking or in any way even as a thought that we would consider uh, for ourselves. So uh, I think we all know your thoughts are trains and trains take you places. And so a train of thought that you could start to entertain when, when you're at a difficult season or you feel like your spouse is not meeting a need that you have or just whatever you come up with. Because if you wanted to make a list of all the things that are good about them, you could. But if you wanted to make a list of all the things that are human about them, you could do that too. And so, so we just, we from day one, just made this commitment that we were going to lean in and we were going to make it work. We were never going to even play around with the idea of leaving or divorce. And I think shutting that back door, like locking, throwing away the key, we were always going to commit. Uh, it, it's a simple idea, but that commitment to that, I think, has been huge for us. If you if you go into it with a commitment, and I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was scared to get married <laughs> because I knew it was a commitment to me for the rest of my life. I felt like I was making a covenant, you know, before God, and I thought, what if two years down the road I don't like him? <laughs> Hardly imagine that. Yeah, yeah. no. 
but uh, it can happen. Yes, and um, But you know what? Uh, we just decided we were going to close that back door. And I want to say, and I want to say this to some of you young ones too, is you just don't quit. You don't quit. And I know we live in a time where if we don't like our job, we just quit. If we don't like our church, we just quit. If we don't like our partner, we just quit. And I think in some ways, I think it tears down some of the things God wants to build in you. So just make up your mind. We're not going to quit. And if we decide we're not going to quit, then guess what? We have to work it out. And so, you know, when we, if we ever came to, you know, where we were butting heads about things, we knew that. Yet we just don't walk out. We're not going to quit. So guess what? We've got to come to a decision. And there were some times where he, as the head of the home, I had to lean into and trust him to make the decision. And there are times where we just had to talk it out and then come to an agreement for the glory of God and for the better of our marriage. And I would I would add too is like you know the whole the idea. I mean the Bible talks pretty clearly about this idea that husbands are to be the head of the home, but that doesn't mean that you're controlling your home. Uh, it means that you have a sense of responsibility now for your home. But I mean, no question. I think for our home and even for our church, uh, I you know I think I would be the head, if you will, and have a sense of responsibility. But Suzette's always been the heart of our home. So it's like I'm, I'm making a big mistake if I ever go on the head and just do what I say. Uh, you know, that ain't going to yeah, work. Anybody ever tried mistake. that one yet? <laughs> come on, brothers. Let me just help you. <laughs> You're to come. You're going to come out of that one chewed up bad. So, uh, so yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, it's head and heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and love is a decision. And you just have to make a decision that you're going to work through your feelings. Kirk is very much a head person, so he analyzes things and he approaches things with his head. And I am definitely a feeler. You know, I want to feel everything. Well, I just feel, and, um, you know, I'm, I've been reading about empaths. Empaths are people that they feel what other people are feeling. You know, they can sense things in a room and stuff like that. And so I'm a feeler. But I had to come to a place where I don't live by my feelings. Because if I do, then it's up and down, and it's up and down. And feelings can be so fickle. They can take you down the wrong path. I mean, I know a girl who was just going through not, there was no adultery, there was nothing in their marriage, but she was just feeling kind of low about the feelings of it. And she was thinking about just bailing out on it. And she was encouraged to stick through that season of the feeling. And guess what? She worked through it. And now the feelings have come back and she could have let go of something that was really great for her life in the midst of the feelings. So we don't live by our feelings. They are very fickle. And face it, if we are honest with each other, we do marry people because of how they make us feel many times, right? So then when we're not feeling it, then we feel like, oh, well, then it's not the right thing. We're not compatible. But really, it's more working through those feelings and letting God what he... God do what he wants to do in me, not just in him, but in me and work through that. And we don't quit. We stick with it. Awesome. That's good stuff right there. Come on. Um, Yeah, that's great. So, Pastor Kirk, when some pain points started to arise, especially early on, how do you guys resolve conflict? 
And how, what did you try to establish in those early years to help you guys? I just told her what to do, and we just moved on. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah. You all know I just lied in church. So, uh, yeah. You know, I, I want to say, because I, I definitely want us to, to move into some other uh, ideas, but I do, I do want to say that the whole concept of commitment is, you know, one, we, we made a commitment to our marriage, we made a commitment to each other, but we also made a commitment to God and to honor God. And, and I, you know, I think the realization that we, we just knew that our commitment to the Lord was, was the greatest commitment that we had. And so to be honest, uh, my, my, like I trust Suzette's heart 100%, but I trust even more her love for God keeps her committed to me. So, so, so it's not always just about her commitment to me, but her commitment to the Lord. And I think she feels the same way about me. So I think this idea, because I think it could sound cliche to say you've got to put God at the center of your relationship. But I, I can just tell you that that commitment to the Lord helps your commitment to each other. And I would say without a doubt, I feel like I'm a better husband when my relationship with the Lord is fresh and current and now. And like, you know, I'm full of peace. I'm full of joy. I'm full of love. I can bring that. I'm not expecting something out of her that, you know, she can't even meet the need of. But that so so there really is something. So and let me just go to the place of saying, if you are not married yet, please uh, don't get entangled with somebody who doesn't love God, uh, because once your heart gets attached, yeah. and and you, you, it's then it becomes very hard to detach, and you you can end up in a relationship where that person doesn't really love God and doesn't pursue God, and that's gonna, that is no question the basis and the key for I think for all, for 37 years. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that has to be at the very foundation because if you want to honor, please God, because I know there's sometimes, to be honest, I get a little attitude. <laughs> Nobody else does that, right? I get a little attitude. But because, because my heart is that, God, I want to honor you in everything in my life, then you know what? I can sense the Holy Spirit, you know, dealing with me about my attitude, and sometimes it's, my mother used to always say, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, you know, and, and we have to always, and we've talked a lot in this uh, series about forgiveness. We have to choose to forgive, no matter what the relationship, and sometimes I think we can be a little bit harder on our spouses because we live with them every day, but we have to choose to forgive, and forgiveness, I truly believe, is the greatest weapon that we have for sustaining a relationship. And that's not even just for marriage, but for marriage, the greatest thing is to forgive. And, and um, you know, I, I've had to forgive him because he can't read my mind. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you guys, he doesn't take hints. 
So, and that was something I had to learn. He does not read my mind and he doesn't take hints. And I remember when we first got married thinking, well, he should just know these things. And, and to be honest, to his credit, Kirk is a reader, very much a reader, always wanting to learn. So he would get books on marriage and then he'd read it. And in my little, because I want feelings, I want everything natural, I would go, he just read that in a book. He's doing it because he knows he should, but he doesn't really feel like it, you know? And <laughs> But you know what? So, yeah, we have to always learn to lean in and to forgive no matter what the situation. Make it a default in your life that you are just going to forgive. And, for, I mean, for 37 years, we have had to forgive each other, sometimes for stuff we did, sometimes for stuff we didn't do. Like, I've forgiven him for things he doesn't even know about. <laughs> I'm, I'm just grace am I not oriented. I'm feeling better about this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. We just we choose to forgive, yeah. and that helps us to have you know not just tolerate one another. Nobody wants to be tolerated, but it helps us to love one another. Awesome, great job. Well, I'm going to now. Um, Lob you an easy one since that one was so, so tense. Now, we're going to talk about the number one pain point in a marriage, and that's money. So, especially early on when financial tensions started to arise, how did you guys love each other through that? Um, I'm, I'm going to say, again, I don't want it to sound cliche at all, but um, I think both of us were taught to honor God with our first and best before we ever yes, got married. Absolutely. And we carried that into our marriage. And I, I could say I've been a believer for 44 years. Suzette's been a believer for a lot longer. And um, <laughs> she, uh, I, 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 think, I think. Was born saved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I honestly believe that part of the blessing of the Lord that has been on our life is because we've given God our first and yeah. best. And it's not about, you know, money is not just money, right? Money is about yeah. your heart and what you really love your money aspect. goes toward. And so I think the fact that we, it's just, we were both super strong in agreement on that, that we were going to pay tithe immediately. We were going to honor God. We were going to lean into giving. Um, and so that's, uh, that, I think that actually set the foundation for pretty much everything else that happened for us financially. Right. Yeah. And um, also, we had to learn to live within our means. And, and I remember when we first got married, um, we had a couple of couples that were friends of ours that were under such stress and they were bickering with one another, and they kept telling Kirk and I, oh, this first year is going to be horrible. And we looked at them, we went, okay, why is it so horrible? <laughs> you know, and we were just bracing ourselves, okay, this is going to be really, really hard. <laughs> but you know what, the, the, I think one of the key things was that they let themselves get in debt immediately, and then they had the pressure of trying to make it through that, not only learning to live with one another, but learning to or having to uh, make their finances work. And it's continuing. You know, we think about finances a lot, you know, and the Bible talks about it a lot. And so probably it was there, that tension was there almost every day. And we just decided, we looked at that and we went, 
Oh, and we had nothing when we got married. We had no furniture. All we had was a few wedding gifts. I mean, like we had a blender, <laughs> you know, um, you know, stuff like that, and a few dishes. And we had, we, I mean, literally, we moved into a little apartment, and we had no furniture to sit on. So we just shoved all the boxes of stuff, because we had no furniture to put it in, and covered it with a sheet until we were able to save up some money and then go to a yard sale and get something to put that kind of stuff in. So we just determined that we were going to live within our means and we were not going to get into debt and that we were going to trust God. And as the, as the finances slowly came in, then we bought a thing here and there. But that brought so much peace into our first year. And I remember we finished the first year and we looked at each other and we went, what was so hard about that? And I think it's because we didn't have the stress of trying to take care of finances that we could not yeah. upkeep. And, uh, you know, I'll say, too, uh, I, you know, I think a lot of times in relationships, uh, maybe one or the other person is better at handling finances, either the husband or the wife. And uh, I think, I think what, what has helped us is, you know, in different seasons of our life, Suzette kind of managed things, and then I started managing things. But we both realized that, that we were not at odds with each other in what we were trying to do uh, with our finances. So it wasn't like she felt like I was controlling her or that I felt like she was controlling me at any point financially, but that we, we both realized you gotta, we each need to be responsible adults when it comes to the handling of our finances and that we were in agreement in how that would go. So there'll be times Suzette will say, hey, I'm thinking about uh, buying this. What do you think? And I'll go, well, just use your best judgment. And she'll go, darn, Thank you. darn, I hate when that happens. <laughs> I hate it when you do that. Yeah. But so, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, when we, I initially was very, very much a saver. And Kirk wasn't frivolous. We didn't have much to be frivolous with. <laughs> but but um, I, I remembered I, that I had to learn some things about myself because I grew up in extremely low income. And so when we got married, to be honest, I wanted to control the finances because that was sort of the pattern that I had seen. My dad was not good with it, and my mother was. And so she ran the finances in our home, and so immediately we get married, and I think, oh, well, then, of course, I'm the one that should handle the finances, and I tell you what you can buy <laughs> and can't buy, you know, and, and, the, and I'm going to say this. Sometimes you have to learn some things about yourself, yeah. Yeah. and I had to learn that part of that was the poverty spirit that I had in me, mm. and it was a fear because growing up, if something in our home broke, it never got fixed. Mm -hmm. And I remember just getting so agitated if anything that we had broke. And Kirk would be like, what's the big deal? We'll get it fixed. Well, to me, that was the end of the thing, you know. If it broke, it was going to stay broken. And there was never, there's never seemed to be enough. And so he had to help me to go to the place where I could trust God and trust him that Things were going to work out. Just like we're saying, every little thing's going to be all right, you know. And I had, to, I had to let go and let him share in that and deal with the fear that I had. And so sometimes when we make decisions in our marriages, it is out of fear, something we may have learned from the past, and we have to get a new mindset. Mm -hmm. So true. 
That's really good. So now let's go to another pain point. We've talked about commitment. We've talked about finances. Let's talk about family. So you guys moved from New Orleans to Tallahassee and then all the way up to Asheville. So let's talk about the courage that it takes to move 13 plus hours away from family into some unknown. And how did you guys handle that early on? Well, I cried all the way here. I sat in the back seat. My daughter, Tori, was 15 months old, and I thought this was coming to the end of the earth. And, um, and it was a scary thing. But, you know, in, in, when you get married, the Bible does talk about leaving and cleaving. And so I think it was something that it, the Bible doesn't mean just leaving physically when it says that. It means emotionally, and it means um, even psychologically. And we had to learn to leave what was behind. And not that you don't still love your family that you were born into. You absolutely do. But we knew that we had to leave and to cleave. And um, I'm glad that I chose to do that with him. It's been, it's been a great ride, to tell you the truth. And, um, and, and I knew that we needed to, with ourselves, create a new biblical model. We didn't really have that in our parents' marriages. They were not biblically based, and they were not Christ-centered. And so we knew that we had to leave some of that behind. And sometimes that's a little bit painful because some things have to be taken out by the root. And nobody likes that, right? When you have to start diving in and changing some things. But the cleaving meant that we were going to become one. We didn't come one the day that we said, I do. We're becoming, we're still becoming one. And so that's been healthy for us. Yeah, and I think an, another, when, you, when you're talking about pain point in, in marriage and family is, you know, the raising kids uh, is, is literally, uh, it's, it's the most incredible blessing, but it's also the most difficult thing uh, ever and because you care so much yeah. about them. And so, you know, one thing that we've had to learn to do is, is, is be uh, united in the way that we would discipline our kids. Because I think Suzette would have a little more lean towards more discipline. And I'd have a little more lean towards not as much discipline. And we had to, we had to learn to come together. And <laughs> to, to, to there were times he would tell me, you need to back off. <laughs> <laughs> of those kids, and I'm going, you need to lean in. That's true. That is so true. Yeah. You know, we, we had to work that out. So, yeah, I think, oh, do we have a picture yeah, of, yeah. yeah. Oh. So this Speaking is, of kids, yeah. yeah. Hey, so this is when it's My fun. Babies. <laughs> yeah, this is the fun part. Yeah. But eventually, those two little sweet <laughs> things will grow into a teenager. <laughs> And you guys know that I believe that teenage is a disease. <laughs> they will eventually come out of it, but while they're in it, yeah. it is. We love you through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, the thing is, is like you're, uh, you, you know, you're leaning into your kids. You're, uh, you, you're wanting to keep boundaries for them that are, that are good for them. They're becoming teenagers, and then you're having to navigate that. And, and I think that whole thing of, uh, you know, because, because it's even more precarious 
when they're teenagers and you're, you're trying to keep the boat afloat. It's, yeah. you know, it's the raft on the Colorado River idea. You're just trying to keep the boat afloat and that, that you can't let what's happening with them come between you, which is probably true for everything that ever goes on is right. you can't let that stuff come between you. So I, I would say without a doubt, we have committed ourselves to the idea that our relationship is the center of our home no matter what. You know, be more important than our relationship with the kids, more important than our relationship with the church, more important than any other relationship is this relationship. And that, you know, we, we would lean in hard to that. So all I'm going to say is that if you are raising a teenager right now, uh, my heart goes out to you. And all I'm, hold on, a real person will appear one day. You will come out of the cave and a real person will appear. Let me give you hope. Awesome. Well, I want to get into this idea of another pain point, and that is tough seasons in our lives. Yep. Seasons of disappointment, loss, um, mm -hmm. seasons of stress. So let's talk about your most stressful season. How were you able to rally together through that season? Yeah. Well, definitely every relationship in uh, even life just has its tough seasons. I mean, we have just recently witnessed two hurricanes, right, coming, you know, into our nation, and uh, they definitely have caused a lot of destruction. Some places have stood, some places have crumbled, and, um, uh, you know, and Kirk and I have had a couple of hurricanes come through our lives, and uh, one of them was a hurricane that came through our church uh, years back. Maybe a few of you were here for that, and it was probably one of the toughest seasons that we have had to walk through. And, you know, tough seasons can test what's on the inside of us. And um, so we had to navigate through, you know, church stuff and navigate through people walking out on us and navigate through our feelings. And, then, and we also had to navigate through how we were going to relate to one another in these tough seasons and you know uh you know i looked up barometric pressure it's the force exerted by the atmosphere at a given point so really the tough season was not necessarily for us within our relationship but the outside pressure became so great that it could have swept us away and we had just determined that for one thing we were not going to blame one another and, you know, this is something the Holy Spirit speaks to me all the time. We are not each other's enemy. The enemy wants to come in and he wants to, to divide and to conquer. And we are not each other's enemy. That's what he would want to put between us sometimes. But um, we're not. We're, and so we, we went face to face. And thank the Lord for that, that we went to one another instead of getting back on our heels and letting the enemy come in and try to divide and to conquer us. And it wasn't easy, but uh, we made it through that season. We're still here today. You know, God is good. You know, I think whenever you're going through any kind of tough season, no matter what that is, for us, you know, this was our dream, and it felt like it was unraveling. And, you know, so it, it becomes easy to, to try to place blame, why, you know, why is this happening? And you just have to be careful that you're not, whatever the struggle is, that you're not putting the blame 
on your spouse that you are right. coming together mm-hmm. and and even if at some level they are at fault you're still one now so it's not their problem it's, it's your, your problem. problem you both Ours. own it together and one of the things that i have lo- you know really loved about suzette's uh whole mentality through all the years that we've been married is that she you know she understands this idea uh that we you are responsible for your own emotional well-being mm-hmm. your own emotional right. health so it's like you you, you can't you've got to you've got to get joy and bring it into your marriage you know you mm-hmm. can't you got to get love you got to get peace right. you, you you've got to get that yourself and bring it into your home and that you're not expecting your spouse to meet needs that on, that only you can sort out in yourself right. and that you could only get from God anyway. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I love John Morgan's point last week about, you know, you're looking to somebody who hurts you, give me back my peace, give me back my joy, and they don't even have the capacity to give it back, but God has the capacity to give it back to yes. you. Does. You know, so uh, so I think mm-hmm. we, we and we both have to keep reminding ourselves of, of that. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Well, let's talk about one final pain point, and that is the current season that you guys are in. We've oh, talked about how the painful past. it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the past, but what are some yeah. uh-huh. stress points in life right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, trying to stay out of our kids' marriage. <laughs> And parenting. Speaking of uh, oh. speaking of kids and, and their, their marriages, I think we have one final picture to show. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it beautiful? So, no more mustache. No more mustache. <laughs> In our small group a couple of weeks ago, the question was asked, what's one thing that you learned about parenting that you didn't anticipate? And it, mostly the women that are around me were younger women with smaller children. Of course, mine are grown. And I said that I can't control their lives even now. You know, I have to let go. I have to let them make their own decisions, even though sometimes I still want to tell them what to do. You know, um, as we kind of bring this to a close, uh, I, I, did, I do want to say one of the things that we both try to lean in on in this season is even though we've been married 37 years, uh, we're still leaning in and trying. Uh, we, we're not just becoming, uh, without with due, all due respect to our parents, they kind of ended their days as somewhat begrudging roommates. And, and we just have determined that we are not going to do that. And, and so it's not only just, you know, the, the excitement of your one or your 10 or 20, but we're going, we're leaning in to go, we still want this thing to be full of love. We still want this thing to be full of joy. We still want this to be full of peace. And, and you, you're leaning into that sort of thing. So uh, what I would like to do for this next moment, if I could, is I just want to pray uh, for us. I want to pray for for marriage. I want to pray for every individual's heart. And I want to pray for family. Maybe you're going through a family thing. So could we bow our heads, please, and, and just close our eyes. And, um, and let's just pray together. Father, I'm just uh, standing before you today knowing that you have given us the, the gift of family, the gift of marriage, the gift of relationship, and it it can bring so much blessing, but it can also bring so much struggle and pain and difficulty. 
And so I'm praying for every person in this room. Father, I'm praying for marriages, that they will be healed, that they will be whole, that they will be strong. God, I'm praying for those who, who may have encountered the pain of a marriage that broke up, that you are bringing healing to their heart and uh, their days are still ahead of full of life and love and you have a great plan for them. I'm praying for uh, family situations with kids, God, that you are well able to enter in and intervene. So I'm trusting you to work in our lives, work in our families, work in our marriages in Jesus' name. If everybody would just look at me for a second, I, I just want to, I want to give this opportunity. I really would say, and, and I, I hope it doesn't feel or sound cliche, but there's no question that having a, a real, vital um, relationship with God has been absolutely key to, to my heart, to Suzette's heart, but to our marriage as well. And it may be that you're in this room today and, and you know, I don't know where you're at on your journey, but maybe you've never just surrendered fully uh, to the Lord. And could I just encourage you to do that? Uh, there, there's, so, there's so many things that come into place well when that part of our heart is right. Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to the Lord, but you really know in your heart that you're not where you used to be, where you want to be, where you, sh where you know you should be. This would be a great day for you to come home. Uh, or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand, but I would like to pray. So I, I love to respect the privacy and the dignity of every person. So if you just would once again bow your heads, close your eyes, and you say, Pastor, uh, would you pray with me? Uh, I know I need to open up my heart to Jesus and, and, and surrender to his love and surrender to his lordship. Or maybe you know it's time for you to come back home. Only you know if you've drifted away from where you really could be. And this could be your day to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure. But if, if any of those describe where your heart is, there's a God who loves you, a God who's for you, a God who's leaning in right now, wanting you to open your heart to him. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to come back. I want to be sure. We just raise your hand right now and say, hey, that's me. Would you pray for me? Just all over the room, lift your hand up and say, yes, God bless you right here. Come on, anybody else. Just in this moment, you know that you're not really where you want to be, where you could be, where you should be in your relationship with God. Let's pray together. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Hey, let's pray a prayer together for everyone who lifted their hand, for everybody in this room. Could we all just lean in, say these words together? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I have messed up. But I come to the cross where you forgive and you give new life. So Jesus, I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.